It's been said over and over again, data is the new oil. But if that's true, what's the engine that it's driving and does it need to be new? To find out more about this topic and how the banking industry can benefit from smart data insights, we have Craig Woodward, the CEO of Kirinos. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate, and investigate actionable insights unscripted. Banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. If you're looking to grow your digital banking business, check out Lemonade LXP, the digital growth platform for financial institutions and fintechs. Lemonade LXP has both ingredients you need to drive digital growth, a learning experience platform that uses daily micro-learning to give staff the knowledge and confidence they need to promote and support your digital capabilities, and a digital adoption platform that supports your digital capabilities with technology walkthroughs that you can author in just minutes. So if you're rolling out new technology, merging with or acquiring another FI, or just looking to drive digital banking growth, you gotta drink the lemonade. For more information, check out Lemonade LXP at www.lemonadelxp.com. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. And here we are. Today we have Craig Woodward. Craig is the CEO of Curinos. That's an industry-leading data analytics and technology company that services financial institutions globally. Craig's experience in the industry spans two decades across a number of roles that includes those in executive leadership, strategy, and global sales. Craig lives in the Boston area. Go Red Sox! <laughs> And enjoys running, skiing, and golfing. Craig, welcome to Bankadelic. Thanks, Lou, for having me. Really appreciate all you do for the industry and the diversity of topics you've had of Bankadelic over the last couple months. That is fantastic and really appreciate the compliment. I will say this, though, in terms of your enjoying running, I think about the only running I'm getting in anymore these days is to the fridge and back. So. <laughs> <laughs> used to be a runner a lot of people have done the same over the last two and a half years i would say yeah yeah well the pandemic changed a lot of things and one thing that was changing around the time of the pandemic and definitely for the better was this merger of novantis and informa fbx so I wanted to check in. We had Rutger Van Fassen on the podcast some months ago, and that was just happening. How is that going? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. It's been a terrific whirlwind. It's been 11 months. So June 1st is our one-year anniversary, but feels like a lot longer. As you know, Novantis brings to the table 20-plus years of deposit-based data and analytics and Informa's FBX business brought similar 20 plus years of lending-based data and analytics with some deposit data as well. And there's been a real emphasis on customer experience and cross-channel engagement by both firms. So it's really been a terrific. That's great. Really wonderful to hear when the puzzle pieces fit. It's a beautiful thing. And you just mentioned something, this issue of customer 
engagement. It's fascinating to me because on one end, we have the awareness of what needs to be done that financial services institutions have, but then there is the how to do it, how to get started with it. So I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on what needs to happen for FIs to move the customer engagement ball forward. Yeah, it's a really good question. It's a, it's a question that a lot of our customers are challenged with today, thinking about every day. There's a lot going on in the marketplace right now. There's some headwinds, some tailwinds. Are rising rates going to save the day? Is loan demand going to remain strong for the year? Does digital banking mean the closing of branches? Does what's happening with open banking in the United States, is that coming our way and regulation? I think there's a lot for bankers and financial institutions, credit unions to worry about. But I think this theme of engagement and customer experience is high on everybody's list. There's probably three things that are impacting all financial institutions as I think about engagement and experience, which is, to me, it's about pace, consumerism, and competition. And so if I think about all three of them individually, pace, you know, no secret to anybody, change is happening faster than ever before. The last two plus years have been an accelerant on that. Am I prepared for it? Am I leveraging it? Am I out front of it? Am I using it as a strategic asset? Am I looking at you know, quantifying performance drivers? Do I capture sustainable improvement over time? Am I making fact-based decisions in real time or even near real time, daily or intraday? I think the likes of Uber have changed our expectations. Now, when you're in New York City or Chicago, where you are, or Boston, and you've got to wait more than two minutes to get a car, you sort of throw your hands up and frustrated. Why is it taking me so long? You know, if you have to wait for the elevator bank more than 30 seconds, it feels like a long time. So when I think about consumerism, the customer has more leverage today than ever before. Switching costs are near zero. If I'm a financial institution, I'm worried about, am I investing enough in omni-channel engagement? Are customers coming into my branch and what's the experience or what's my app look like and how does it compare? Am I meeting the customer where they want to be met or where they want to be engaged? So it's not just about the experience, but it's truly about the engagement from my perspective. And for some institutions, that's across multiple touch points, multiple channels. So, you know, I think firms like TikTok and Instagram have changed our way of thinking about engagement, not just experience, but how do I get engaged and how do I be part of the story or part of the messaging? And then when I think about competition, competition, as you know, is stiffer now than it's ever been. You know, how am I competing against fintechs? As I mentioned a second ago, wealth management firms and platforms are now thinking about how do they encroach in some of the liquidity that the banks have on the deposit side. Am I prepared for you know, the unforeseen or the untraditional, non-traditional competition? I would say for most of our clients, the lines of competition are blurring. You know, it used to be neobanks and fintechs, and quite frankly, they're capturing a fair amount of the market. I would say today, tech-based institutions, fintechs, neobanks, whatever word you want to use, 
they're winning about 25% of the accounts that are in motion today or that are in play today. And that's not an insignificant amount. That's mostly in the mass market, but that's a fair amount of the accounts in play. And then you've got the non-traditionals, the Googles, the Amazons, the Apples, you would argue Alibaba's on that list as well. They're sitting on massive, I mean, just massive amounts of customer data and probably more importantly, behavioral data, not just customer data, but trend data. I think the latest data I saw was there was something like 200 million Amazon Prime customers or something in that neighborhood. I think there's between 500 and 600 million Apple Pay customers. Alibaba has, I think, close to 900 million customers, almost a billion customers. That is amazing. 10 million sellers on Amazon. I mean, these are data-rich companies who can, in some circumstances, and may in the future, provide competitive services that, with a whole host of historical data on customers and behavioral trends. And so I think being the head of a financial institution today is quite challenging. I think the answer resides a lot in engagement. So pace, consumerism, and competition are driving a major theme around what I call mass personalization. To me, that's the art of capturing new customers and engaging current customers with one-to-one personalization, but at pace and scale. What appeals to you wouldn't appeal to me or might not appeal to me, and what appeals to me might not appeal to somebody else, but how do I do that? across thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of people. Help me to look under the hood a little bit at how, when it's working, mass personalization makes these business goals possible that we can really examine and capitalize on customer behavior. Yeah, good question. To me, it's really about engagement. Customer experience is a word or a phrase that's been used historically. But I really think as we move forward, it's about engagement. How do I get a customer engaged with my messaging? Yeah. And to me, that's really around trying to figure out what appeals to the individual. I'll give you a really good example. One of our customers recently saw higher levels of engagement in their email campaigns or in their email marketing in a group of customers under 30 right? A group of customers that typically it responds to things like witty suggestions or suggestions that they might be missing out on something. But this client changed their messaging to emphasize security and protection recently. And so given the, you know, sort of simultaneous events of COVID and the Fed hike and turmoil or war in Ukraine, this type of messaging was much more effective with a group of individuals or a demographic of individuals that you might find surprising. But that particular customer found engagement to be much, much higher when the emphasis of the email marketing was around security and protection. And so you know, that's what I'm talking about, about being able to be flexible in your personalization, and flexible in your email marketing so that you can capture what's appealing to either a group of people or individuals one-on-one. Fabulous. It points to something that, again, I have learned by studying what you're doing at Kiranos, this notion that, let's say we go back three generations or so, maybe two, 
really the observations and the strategies that financial services institutions were using might be static. There was a three-year plan, a five-year plan, whatever. But now it's really a case of financial services being transformed in real time. Even as we're speaking right now, things might be different than they were a minute or two ago, and it's really about keeping track of changes. If you could unlock that for us, what do financial institutions need to know about this real-time change that's going to make them more competitive and just do business better? Yeah. So let's start with the marketing organizations, right? We've spent a lot of time talking to chief marketing officers around their rules-based marketing engines. And we believe that personalization and personalized messaging is the next wave of rules-based marketing. And quite frankly, I would argue consumers are demanding it. Machine learning will really drive marketing's agility to test various hypotheses at pace and scale. This isn't about, you know, you referenced a couple decades ago, it would be a marketer would mail something to somebody's house and see what the response rate is. Today, you can certainly do that at greater pace and scale. But the question is, can you tweak the variables? So instead of testing, you know, tens or even dozens of variables, machine learning allows you to test thousands of variables. You can change the tone of your emails, the imagery of your emails, the sequencing or the call to actions or the channels. All of that can be done in a much more efficient and effective manner. In essence, I would say that financial institutions have no choice and chief marketing officers have no choice but to lean into machine-based, learning-based marketing engines to become more efficient with their marketing budgets and targeting of engines. I'll give you a for instance, Lou. When you think about communication preferences, right? In the United States today, there are more than 43 million Americans who speak Spanish as their first language. If you believe Forbes, by 2050, that number is expected to be one in three people in the United States will speak Spanish. Wow, how about that? However, what we have found in looking at the digital apps of 129 regional banks, national banks, credit unions that we track, only 15 of them, or 12%, I guess the number is, enable customers to change the language that the app uses. Huh. And you may have seen even recently last week or the week before, U.S. Bank made an announcement introducing a Spanish language voice assistant. And so it's about being able to change on the fly and understand how your customer wants to be communicated to and with, and then being able to be agile and adaptive in your marketing, whether that's on your app, whether that's in your email marketing, or that's in other forms of engagement. What advice then would you have to organizations, and I'm sure this is a scenario you must encounter, that come to you or they're going to sit back and say, wow, Craig really understands what's going on here, but I have got to figure out a way to get my feet wet. I'm just confused about where to dive in, where to start. What are some logical places, or is there maybe a single logical place to dive in? I think there's a number of places that people can jump in. So one easy path to personalization or better engagement 
is to leverage the customer data that they already have. Banks or financial institutions have loads of historical data available to them. Provide some value add to the end user. So I'll give you another, for instance. Again, of these 129 financial institutions, retail checking apps that we track, only 25% of them provide some form of communication to the end user, highlighting the user's spending or savings behavior. Why not put into the app something that delivers greater value and better user experience to the customer and encourage them to engage with you better? you know, spot trends and give them advice around spending or savings habits. All that data is readily available for a financial institution, but very few actually take advantage of it. And that's a tangible example of something that a bank could do to make the engagement, not the experience, but the engagement with the end user that much better because it's providing value to the end user. They're getting something out of the application. And speaking of which, you have provided (laughs) tremendous value today. Uh, Taking a lot of notes over here, I do have to say, really a fantastic overview and an in-depth view at the same time into what makes for great engagement, what makes for great personalization, what makes for fantastic customer experience. Craig, thank you so much for being on Bankadelic today. Thanks, Lou. Really appreciate the opportunity. Craig Woodward is the CEO of Kyrnos. He is based in the Boston area. Be sure to look for Craig on LinkedIn. You're listening to Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at NMD Plus, based in London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to check out NMD Plus's financial technology podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify, with hosts Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery. Bankadelic. Sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services, which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q U O N. TICBank.com. The year 
around 2051, and in the greatest breakthrough that financial services has seen in more than two millennia, we introduce to you AI. Artificial ignorance. You can use it in call centers. Your call is very unimportant to us. Please continue to hold. Or on the internet when people are trying to apply to get a credit card. To complete this credit card application, please input the first 15 codes of your DNA sequence. And perhaps most importantly of all, your financial wellness. You look fat. Get to a gym and empty out your wallet. Give it to me. That's right. Artificial ignorance coming soon to a bank near you. Assuming it stays open after we introduce it. And now, in a not-so-stunning breakthrough, Bankadelic presents... Three Bullseyes. Number one. I think there's a lot for bankers and financial institutions, credit unions to worry about. But I think this theme of engagement and customer experience is high on everybody's list. Number two. You know, I think firms like TikTok and Instagram have changed our way of thinking about engagement, not just experience, but how do I get engaged and how do I be part of the story or part of the messaging? Number three. Mass personalization. To me, that's the art of capturing new customers and engaging current customers with one-to-one personalization, but at pace and scale. What appeals to you wouldn't appeal to me or might not appeal to me, and what appeals to me might not appeal to somebody else, but how do I do that across thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of people? And now, lose views. On today's podcast, Craig Woodward of Curinus reminded us, reminded me, that there is much going on in the world of financial services. Way too much, if you ask a lot of people. It's everything from the change in the interest rate environment to trying to keep track of where payments is going. APIs, open banking, Craig covered a lot of it. And yet certain things are not going to change and present huge opportunities for the industry. And I loved Craig's concept of mass personalization, that even with all of the customers we serve, we can still get down to that one-to-one scale and give people the kind of experiences they deserve. I want to emphasize another point that Craig made on the podcast today, that before you get to customer experience, you have to get to customer engagement. One easy step involves putting one's app to greater use, giving greater value, giving the customer better information, engaging in terms of how they can spend better, save better, use their money in productive ways, point out trends that they might not even be aware of that impact their finances positively or negatively. Mass personalization may just be one of those doorways we need to look at closely, and customer engagement holds the key to ways we can be helpful and make the difference we so much want to make. 
Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks to Banker Hire. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn and someday on my Vaudeville YouTube channel. Rink a dink dink in. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.